Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Three, two, one, boom, we're live. Welcome, sir. You ready to talk about Dunning-Kruger? Yes. Today on Fitness or Fiction, we're going to talk about Dunning-Kruger effect, and that's not Freddy Kruger. It's not. No, no, no. The, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a very interesting thing. I've talked about this a lot with people, and it's important as far as the learning process goes, I think. Yeah, so why are we talking about this? So in your learning process, when we talk about helping people make quality decisions towards their fitness goals, one of the things that you're going to go through is this concept of, you know what, I think I have the answer to that. And your confidence in that answer is going to be relatively high. And then you're going to take this extra step and all of a sudden it's going to be like confidence crashes. Like, crap, I feel like I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, ex- I've experienced this recently with a number of clients where they're like, oh no, I, I know how to make my shoulder better. And I'll just say, okay, cool. Um, so is it better? And the answer is no. And it's like, okay, well, let's just see what's available. And it's like, you need to learn how to protract. Here's what it looks like. You need to learn how to do that. They're like, but I've always been told I need to keep my shoulder back. And you just see this kind of crash in confidence happen. And it's like, listen, I'm not telling you that everything that you know isn't good. I'm just saying that there's more to know. And that's okay. Yeah. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is something that's worth talking about because it impacts every lifelong learner. If you're looking to get better at something, you're going to have these peaks and valleys of confidence. And usually they're going to correlate with learning more, which is a good thing. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing, like... I guess in, in context, you know, when I first became a trainer, like 11 years ago, I walked in for my interview and he started asking me questions like, you know, what are the muscles of the thigh? What's hypertrophy mean? Um, and he started asking me these questions. And I was like, oh, damn, you know, they didn't actually cover some of that basic stuff in the basic course that I took at the time, like just being entry level course, entry level trainer. The word hypertrophy never hit my plate in my course, and I'm not even going to say the course. Muscle gain, bro. Yeah, it essentially just means muscle gain. But, you know, I, I reached a point where I'm I'm pretty strong. I'm pretty athletic. I, I know what it takes to get into shape. And then, you know, I, I had this job interview, and my confidence just crashed. And then I, I got a little bit smarter, learned a little bit more, and I thought I had all the answers again. And then, again, like you said, I took a course. I'd take Olympic weightlifting with you or a kettlebell course or something like that. And then I'm like, oh, damn, like maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I don't have all the answers. Oh, damn. And then you have to apply that new information. And it's kind of, again, peaks and valleys of, of learning and feeling like you got a handle on things. Even now, 11 years in, we just did a podcast on exercise effects on the brain. And I'm still like, <laughs> like, oh my God, like there's still so much more so much. to it that we don't like, you know, some of those words I had to be like, how do you even pronounce this one? How do you pronounce this word? And Again, just these peaks and valleys. To me, I wanted to talk about it in the context of um, new coaches and new trainers because I know you mentor trainers right now, and I've mentored trainers in the past when I was managing the team. And then also taking the context of gen pop, whether you're a client or whether you're just an avid exerciser. Um, I think I've bumped into a lot of avid exercisers that are just gen pop people who are working in the gym who they do their own routine because they know what works for them, you know? I know exactly what I'm doing. And they just do the same routine in the gym every single day, but I haven't seen anything change. So we're going to dance around the Freddy Krueger effect. <laughs> well, the the interesting thing when you look at this is it's just, it's so important for learning in general. 
uh, when I like to say with fitness, because that's my field, I like to say when you think you have all of the answers, when you think you're done learning, um, is when you start going backwards. Because we don't have that good of an understanding on things as of yet. And it's getting better. It's, yeah. it's far better Humans than it was. Humans in general. Yeah. Humans like Especially when we talk about the inner workings of the brain. Like that stuff gets really, really challenging like even the concept of how you create electrical energy from chemical energy at the brain level yeah like the the basic setup of that is a huge matzo ball yeah so when i talked to somebody in general I, there was a guy that was was working out and he was doing pull downs with his back arch and his elbows back and i asked him if he was trying to work his lats i was like you want to learn another way and he's like um Okay, so I showed him, and he, he surprisingly, just, I thought you were going to be like, "Nah, I'm good. I know what I'm doing." Well, I thought he was too, like the way he was looking, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, show me." So I showed him, and then he tried it one time. I was like, hey, "Can you can you feel the difference? Can you see why that would work better?" He's like, "Not really," and just went back to what he was doing. And I, was, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, well, I can't hate on the guy. Like, you don't want him to change a bunch of stuff, but at least he heard it out." I think in a lot of scenarios, we open. get so comfortable thinking that we have the answer mm-hmm. um, that we can really go down a, a challenging path and you know offering programs the way that i do oftentimes i'll have people tell me no i have good technique and i'm like oh man you know that is subject matter specific depending on what we're doing what your skill set looks like and then on top of that it's like okay you have good technique show me this drill show me this drill show me this drill and i wouldn't look at somebody and say no my technique's perfect i still have a coach and it's not because i don't have quality information on what i'm doing it's because I know that there's always another step. And if you continue to do that, you can really get good at something. Yeah. I think for me, the outcome I wanted to have of this podcast is the Dunning-Kruger effect to me. And I think you've given me this praise or compliment a lot that like I'm always an open book and I'm humble and I'm always trying to learn. It's, I, it's, I truly feel that way, especially when I'm in the presence of guys like yourself or guys who are way smarter than me or who are just more educated on the matters or, you know, Maybe I'm beating myself up. Maybe we're just equal, but they just have new information that I haven't consumed yet. Like to me, I feel like I can learn something from everyone. And when people don't have that open mindset, it kind of like kind of hurts me because I'm like, man, you're really closed off to think that you're the like the magical specimen that has all the answers. Like it's very delusional thinking. So to kind of sound like, you know, I just said I'm the open book and I wish everyone else could like I can learn something from everyone. Now more on the douchier side of it, myself being the douche, when I'm talking with somebody who is very close-minded like that you know it's so easy to essentially just shut them down like if i go and sit down with a guy and i'm like oh hey yeah so you you're about to start the gym blah 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 so let's talk about what your initial game plan should be when you come in here and they're like ah you know what man like you know what young buck like i know what i'm doing i've been doing this a long time and it's like well like you're not even willing to have a discussion or a conversation to actually learn like other avenues or open your horizons up. And a lot of the time, like it's just, um, it's very stubbornness that drives me nuts. And we talked about, you know, you need like 5,000 hours under your belt to be a master of something. 10,000 10, hours. So for me and you working in this industry for over 10 years a piece, you closer to 15 than me. He's old. Almost um, 20. <laughs> almost 20. So, but... 10, 10 years for me is over 10,000 hours. So that would classify me relatively as a master, which I don't classify myself because I'm still learning new stuff all the time. But I think I got a handle on the basics at least, and I can dabble into the mediums. <laughs> oh, man. Like the, 
when you start looking at the amount of hours it takes, it's like, how many skills can you say you're a master of? Because there's so many skills. Yeah, and so where I was trying to take this to finish off is, you know, somebody is like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. It's like, oh, cool. So you've been exercising for the last 10 years, twice a week. I've been engulfed in this six days a week, eight to 10 hours a day, thousands and thousands of hours, and I'm still learning how to optimize things, how to improve things, how to cue them better. Like, the list goes on and on and on. So for somebody to just have the answers it blows me away it's a huge it's it's the ego drives me insane when somebody's ego is so big and so grandeur that they think they're above everyone else sometimes i think it's machiavellianism though like they're trying to put on a front that they're in a certain place like sometimes they do believe that but i think sometimes they're just trying to put on a front that they're there because it's hard to it's hard to face head on right yeah and here's a little anecdote I watched this show called Forged in Fire. They, they have three hours to make a blade, and then they test these blades and whatever else. There was this one episode where the guy, he finishes early, which nobody ever does. Everyone's always freaking about the clock. He's like, oh, no, I'll just do more damage if I keep working on it now. So he just cleans up the blade and puts it on his anvil, and he's waiting and just lets the last 25 minutes go. And the, the host of the show is like, he made the best blade on earth, everybody. No more work to be done. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, see, that's how I feel... When somebody says, no, I don't have anything to learn there. I'm like, yeah. man, you'd be surprised how much there is to learn there. Yeah. And even the, the general concept, I had somebody ask me recently, like, why would you choose a rep range like eight of eight with 30 seconds rest? I'm like, well, we're trying to stimulate the AMPK system. And that stands for the following. And here's the reasons that we're doing it. And here's what you'll expect. And whatever whatever and he goes yeah but why not three of ten i'm like oh man <laughs> slow down uh Devol- how about this changes. I, the burden of proof isn't on me the burden of proof is on you why three of ten tell me what stimulus you're looking for tell me what intensity how many reps to failure yep. what sort of rest tell me all of that and then we can have a real conversation yeah and that doesn't mean that i'm better than you at this that just means if i can give you all that data on what i'm doing why don't you back up what your strategy would be? And then we can have a conversation because as soon as somebody says, this is the best rep range, I'm just going to go ahead and say false. Yeah. The way the human body works is the best rep range right now is not the best rep range in five weeks Yeah. or even three. To throw some positivity on this, I've dealt with a lot of people in the gym industry, obviously, who are very closed-minded and they have all the answers. They know what they're doing. I've also dealt with some extremely humble monsters who were either way stronger than me or became way stronger than me in a short period of time these guys were like 220 230 just big boys in the gym who i actually like offered to train and show them some stuff and they were humble enough to actually learn and you know i was stronger than them at the start and then at the end like they were pulling weights and pushing weights way harder than i could have just because they were just naturally bigger meaner stronger like just i turned them into monsters and it turned into jokes afterwards when they're like oh yeah let's see you let's see you pick up this 600 pound deadlift eric and i'm like what you want at one hand like all jokes aside like i've never even touched over 450 um but it warms my heart actually dealing with somebody like you know humble monsters i think jordan peterson talks about that a little bit it's kind of the theory of like being a a warrior in a garden versus a gardener in the war or like controlling your inner monster. There's, there's something really special to seeing somebody that just commits to getting good at something. Mm-hmm. And like Martin Luther King, he's like, listen, you can be a street sweeper, but you do such a good job that all of heaven and earth recognizes this was a good job. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I made a post on that about the guy that actually cuts my hair because I was like, I have never gone to the same person to have my hair cut in my life. 
And this guy, it's like, no, like he, this is, he's passionate about it. He's awesome at it. Makes me feel better when I go there. So I'm going there. And it just was showing to me the value of continuing to get good and, and executing that for people. So when you find somebody that has that, it's this, it's interesting. It's this cool little balance. It was like my client, Kyle, he's a beast. He's a total beast. And he's also very humble and always Super. learning. Super. And I sometimes have conversations with him about like, listen, I really appreciate your humility. I love that. But sometimes you've got to own how good you are. And that time is in contest. Don't yeah. be looking to other people for the answer. You have the answer you need for today. Just go and do what you can do. Yeah. Own it and be confident. He's a hilarious one too, because again, that, that humbleness, the true humbleness of real gym bros, it's all love. And Kyle Winstanley is a guy, if he was in the gym with me, I'm like, Kyle, this is a 600 pound deadlift. You're a monster, bro. And he'll be like, I'm just trying to catch up to you, man. Like, I can't do this. I can't do the shit you can do. And I'm like, Kyle, get out of here. And then it's like a little like back and forth, flirty, flirty. Like it's love though. It's not ego. It's not like stepping down like there's no punching down on anyone you know what i mean like it's yeah. like i address his strengths he would address my strengths and we both like gave each other like fist bump nod like that's what it should be that's what the culture should be like yeah. humility humbleness aside from competition totally different when we're talking about totally. sport but we're talking about just gym culture yeah you know talking about this phase it's this um effect it's really interesting because i think we all need to check ourselves with getting on either side of that mm -hmm. it's so humble that it's like i don't know anything it's like wait a second i do have a background here that's I what do you have, slap me around I, for yeah i do have a little bit of a understanding here and what i'm learning right now is new challenges a lot of things but i can i can integrate that into what i already have and it doesn't make me worse it makes me better mm -hmm. and i i was talking to somebody this past week and i was like yeah you know what people once they go through a really challenging scenario it brings them down a notch it lets them know that they're human and after you get through your 20s and 30s it's like well listen you're going to have something happen one day and the way that you deal with that is going to dictate how life goes from there and for me the more challenging the circumstance is the more it beats up the ego and that can be a really good thing because it, it makes it so you have more empathy a better ability to to communicate with people and understand where they might be coming from and all that sort of stuff. So this is a natural cycle. I think even the people that say, well, this is just the descent to a mean or, you know, this is an objective measure. It's not that, not that pronounced or whatever. It's like, yeah, but it is a phenomenon that exists. And I can tell you because I've been through it. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a good understanding of one topic and then I went to a new course for it. And it was like, man, my understanding needs to be way better. Yeah. Well, and, even like mobility wise, like totally. 10 years ago, our approach to mobility versus now, I'm sure it's a pretty damn different approach. Yeah. Some of what I used to do is embarrassing. <laughs> and I was just, I was trying. And see, that's a, that's a point of humility or humbleness for you to admit that. Like I didn't, I wasn't doing a very good job. Like, oh, compared to what I would do now, it's a, it's more simple. B I've seen the effectiveness change as I move forward, but it's part of the growing process. And you know, for coaches, you got to give yourself some space to grow and know that everything that you do isn't going to be 100% perfect, but you're trying. Progress Intention. over perfection. And with clients, same thing. Progress over perfection. Are you making the progress right now? Well, if that's not the case, then just drop what you think you know and ask if there's another way of going about it. And you'll yeah. either find out it's not that effective or you'll be like, oh man, I can add this in. It's kind of exactly like you said, the example at your example of the start of this episode, when you talked about the guy and his lats, like at least he was humble enough to give it a, the old college try. Maybe he didn't agree with you. Maybe that's, 
maybe because he wasn't totally open to it but like you know at least he tried he gave the old calls try like he was open enough to receive the information then you can decide to do with it what you will um i think that's a big important part like maybe like it wasn't the outcome that he was hoping for like understanding or whatever the case may be but it was open dialogue at least i i think openness is a really really big important thing and then the other piece is humility i think those two things really go a long way and those are things that i'm not always the best at but when i am i typically make the best results so true facts so the dunning kruger effect i think this was just a big topic summarized on being humble and continue learning always yeah just knowing what's going to happen and knowing sometimes even though you are learning more you're going to feel like you know less yeah just knowing that's going to happen makes you feel better about it true facts if i sound like a douchebag at this podcast i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) why would you sound like a douche i don't know i felt like i was crapping on people who say that they know everything we're talking about ourselves a fair chunk when we're talking about that aren't we i know everything it's like man i've been to a spot where i thought i knew it true high school (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks for being with us today you know as per usual like subscribe review and uh we'll see you soon thanks for being here Bye. thanks for joining us this week we appreciate your support if you enjoyed this episode we'd love it if you would subscribe follow and throw us a like on youtube spotify or apple podcasts